0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I really appreciate having you here with me as we dive in a little bit more in what it means to live our lives as a thriving entrepreneur. I know I want that in my life, and I know that you do too, you want to really, don't we, really, really be in that place where the thing inside of us, you know, that purpose that propels us, that's exploding within our chest, if it will, um, you know, is really, really driving, flowing, living, being in our lives. We really want that. Um, And ultimately, really, isn't that what it means to thrive? We love bringing these episodes to you because really, you know, and I've said it before, you know, for me, it's really my guilty pleasure. It really is. You know, um, I've interviewed so many amazing people and it's just so cool to get the opportunity to meet with them and get to know them and stuff. But I also... I find a sense of purpose in being able to come here, be with you on a regular basis, and share with you these amazing people, their books, the insights from what they've learned so far, um, as well as then also be able to, you know, impart a little bit of the things I've learned so far in my life, as well as really help you through their story find what it means in your life to thrive because ultimately that's what it's really all about we want to see you thrive that's why you know the website is wehelpyouthrive.com because we want to see you living on purpose with a purpose we want to see you living in your purpose on your purpose through your purpose Um, We want it to move through your life like a flow, like a gentle, peaceful, yet purposeful, large, flowing river. Um, You know, if you've ever seen some of the larger rivers, um, you know, I always think, of course, of the Mississippi River or the Missouri River. um, Because I've lived near both of them at different times in my life. And it's really interesting to watch them because... On the one hand, there's actually a pretty severe current that the Mississippi River has. But when you look out at it, it just seems to flow so calm and peacefully. And I like to think of it that way with our lives when it comes to really thriving. When we're really out in the center of our purpose. Uh, Even if we were like a log in the middle of the Mississippi River out there, we would be flowing right along down the river. Um, it takes not a whole lot of work, really, to go down the Mississippi River. It can be quite a bit of work, actually, to buck the current and come up the Mississippi River. But flowing down, and uh, when you watch it, you see this calm, wide, peaceful stretch of river, and yet you can watch Things like trees that have fallen in. Uh, and you can see how quickly actually the current is taking them. Uh, it's, uh, it's really cool to watch. And that really is what I want to see for you. That's really kind of what I see as thriving being. Is you're on purpose. You're in your purpose. You're living in purpose on purpose. That's a lot of purposes, isn't it? And um, you're just flowing with it. You're not trying to fight the stream. Have you ever seen those uh, pictures on TV, or maybe you've even seen it in real life, where the salmon are are fighting their way back upriver to their spawning grounds? When we're in our purpose and we're thriving, when we're truly in the flow, it's the total opposite of fighting against the current. Um, I remember one time we were at... And maybe you've been at one of these at uh, different water parks and things like that. They have a thing that most of them call them something like a lazy river or something like that. And essentially, you there's enough of a current that you can just pick your feet up off the ground and it'll move you right along. Um, the one I always remember is when I was 18 in, I think it's just outside of Dallas if I remember correctly. Uh, those of you that maybe live in Dallas, you're like, totally, I know where that one is. Um, and you could use tubes, and there were tubes um, all the way along it. Uh, you could actually just, you know, kind of lay on your back and pick your feet up, and, and the river, the, you know, the, it was a man made river, but would take you, the current would take you around. And it was a really fun way, because uh, the park is huge. And it was a really fun way to get from one ride to the next, rather than walking. Um, if you've ever been in a water park, that was back in the mid '80s, so we didn't have some of the water shoes and things like that. Or if they did, I I couldn't afford them, um, you know. And so it was really nice to not have to walk with your wet wet feet on the you know that textured concrete that they used to do. Maybe they probably still do at water parks. So that you didn't slide on the concrete, um, you know. So it was nice to be able to get in there. And, it, and with the tube, you didn't even have to concentrate on floating, you know, because the tube would keep you above water, and you could just float around, talk to one of your friends. Each of you hanging onto the other end of the of the inner tube as you just float around. And uh, maybe you knew where you were going, or maybe you just got in and you kind of purposelessly began to flow. But when the purpose comes in, then Keeping an eye open for that opportunity. When is the place that I need to get out of this river and intentionally move towards that next task? The nicest part about it is, and this is kind of where the example falls apart, is that when we're really living on purpose, in our purpose, flowing, when we're in that flow, the, the cool part about it is, is that we don't even have to get up out of the river. We can just Continue flowing, allowing the current uh, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to propel us in the direction. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that there might not be work. Um, I'm just saying that you don't have to alter your course of the flow that you're in. It brings you to the next thing and the next obstacle even sometimes, the next challenge, the next assignment that we have. Is there and we can assail it, we can surmount it, we can climb to the highest heights of it, because that's the purpose that we're put here on this earth for. And we just flow through and a lot of times it can really, from an outside perspective, you're outside of the flow, if you're standing outside of the river, it might look really impassable. But what you find often when you're in the flow is that it's very simple. You just simply pick your feet up and allow yourself to flow through and to the things that are meant for you to do and to move on into the real purpose that you're on this planet each day step by step right now where you are you're going to be in a different place than you uh, were five years ago you're there now right than you were five years ago and you will be five years from now you'll be a totally different person or at least a partially different person um, I don't know even the grumpiest of people who kind of intentionally don't want to grow that don't end up over the course of a five ten year period end up Growing Sometimes not up, sometimes they grow down, but they grow. And that can be the way your life is. When you just purposefully really allow the flow to open up in your life, to take you by storm, almost as it were, and watch as amazing things happen in your life because you've surrendered yourself to your purpose. And you've allowed yourself to literally pick your feet up off the ground and, in the best way possible, really flow through into the things that were meant for you. And more than anything else I can think of, that is the perfect way that I can think of to live every day of your life. As a thriving entrepreneur, I've got a couple of great, great international best-selling authors here for you today. Looking forward to bringing them to you. We're going to take our first commercial break. It's a new one for you. When you haven't ever heard, this will be the first time that it's ever aired right here and right now. And I hope that you'll love it. I really appreciated Lonnie doing this for me. And I hope that you'll take some information from that, of course. But more importantly, that you'll get yourself ready to really be uploaded. Up leveled, uploaded to, so that we can really all of us thrive in all that we do in life and live every day of our life as a thriving entrepreneur. Oh, I want that for you. We'll be right back.
2: author who's on a mission stand out with your brand out (laughs) check this out guys proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes your bestseller today.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call your today.com go to your bestseller today.com book a talk with steve it's proven it's guaranteed it's gonna happen all you have to do is say yes to your destiny
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to us here today on Thriving Entrepreneur. As we get in flow, we find our purpose, we live in it, and we allow ourselves to really freely flow into that stuff that best stuff that's for us i've got some great international best-selling authors here for you and we're gonna jump right into it how is the day today is your day to live a fit faith and purposeful life especially for you women out there over 40 and to help us with that i am joined by international best-selling author d banks hey d how you doing today i am doing amazing steve how are you I'm doing good, thanks. A little bit warm here, but you know, Southern California, what are you supposed to expect, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: you know what? Arkansas is the same way. It is hot, oh, but we got humid, humidity. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was going to say, at least we don't have your humidity. <laughs> Ugh, yuck. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. So other than living in Arkansas, tell us a little bit more about you well steve
3: as you know my name is i go by uh, d banks but my name is deirdre banks um i am a mom of two i have a brand new 21 year old so she is challenging me all the time um my son is 15 and i also own a wrw fitness apparel which i'm so excited about because that's a baby where i have a new collection called the D-Banks Boutique Curvy Collection. So it's another extension that help women who wanna look fabulous while they're releasing these unwanted pounds. So I'm excited to be doing that. And they do that by wearing one size fit most clothes that shrink with them as they lose weight. So I'm excited about that. I'm also a certified John Maxwell coach. I'm a faith-based fitness coach. And I'm just a regular round away woman who is living her best life now
1: perfect so uh you know wait you brought up a bunch of stuff about that we all struggle with it um you know unless you're 20. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah which you got a fast metabolism when you're 20. oh no kidding one day you wake up and you're like 30 and all of a sudden it's just all over right <laughs> yes
3: that's what that's where it starts going downhill
1: what are some secrets? What are some things you've learned uh, to help a person over 40 to be able to lose that weight that they don't want to keep?
3: Wow. You know, some of the things I learned is find something, number one, that is fun, that you love to do. What I found is Zumba. I, when I started my weight loss journey, that was the first thing I did is I signed up to be a Zumba instructor not because I wanted to be an instructor, but I wanted to challenge myself to do something outside of my comfort zone in front of a class of women that I didn't know at the time there were women that were just like me, women who were overweight speaking the same thing. They just wanted to have fun and release the the pounds that they had gained. So that was one of the first things I did is I signed up for a class to challenge myself. So I would tell any woman, Do something outside your comfort zone to challenge yourself to get on your weight loss journey.
1: Okay, now your book also talks about not only fitness, but faith and purpose. Um, So, and those two just really can't be separated. Um, Which comes first, the faith or the purpose? Oh, faith. Absolutely. You can't do anything without
3: faith in God. I mean, I could not make a move to know who I am as a woman unless I sought the face of God and got in his word and began to study what was possible for my life. You know, oftentimes we have a false narrative of who we think we should be, but we don't live the life that God originally had for us as women. And having faith first led me to my purpose. Mm
1: the life that God had for us as women. Um, can you explain in a little bit of paragraphs what that means? Oh, absolutely.
3: Well, each one of us as a woman, we have a unique calling on our lives, what God has for us. That is, if your purpose is just to be a mother to and you don't have any children of your own, but God has called you to, foster other children, that is part of your purpose. That's walking that out. If you are called to be like, I I never thought I would tell my story in writing and tell other women what I went through and being in a relationship, that's having the freedom to know that when God puts something inside of you, to not be afraid to walk it out, whatever that looked like and going through a process to do that. So. Walking out things with God, Steve, is so freeing if we allow ourselves to hear his voice and allow him to order our steps, even when we make mistakes. But he will order our steps along the way. So, your purpose, what's inside of you, is not going to be the same as every other woman, but you have to own yours that he uniquely gave to you. If that makes sense.
1: Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Um, so we dig into God, which is always a good thing. Um, and in that we find our purpose. Is that what you're saying?
3: Oh, absolutely. That's how I found my purpose. I didn't know of any other way. I mean, you can try to find it without God, but here's the deal. When God has something laid out for you, the provision is where you are. Everything that you need, the money, the, the, the people who are attached to it, everything that you need is there for you when you seek God and align with God and follow the roadmap that God has laid out for you. But if you try to do it on your own, you're going to stumble along the way and you're going to get in a position in a place that is outside of the will of God. And you don't ever want to be outside of his will.
1: It's
3: just just better to do it right the first
1: time. (laughs) Mm, That is so, so true. So you say something really important in here. You're talking about looking forward into the future and having a vision for what could be. How do we do that? You know,
3: the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. How do you know where you're going if you have not taken the time to write it down? It all starts with taking the time to write out whatever that vision is. So for me, the book is is about fit, uh, about fitness, about faith and about purpose. And in those three areas, try not to overwhelm yourself, but take one goal that you want to obtain in each area. Like for me, for fitness, it was, I need to release 50 pounds. If I'm wanting to get fit for purpose, I need to get rid of some of this weight so I can exercise more and have the energy for wherever God is calling me to go. Then in the area of faith, what Do I need to challenge myself on to learn in the word of God? I chose in word of God mentors. And and one of the mentors I talk about in the book is Abraham. Abraham was like the father of faith. And he did some miraculous things that gave us examples of how we should be obedient when we're walking out whatever God has called us to be. So pick something that you can relate to. Pick a character in the Bible that you can relate to and hold on to and read it over and over and meditate on that so that you have a roadmap or or an example of someone who's already done it with God, if that makes sense. And then when it comes to purpose, just choose one. After you sought God and, and, and something lays on your heart enough to where you can't shake it, then step out on faith and try it. You're gonna stumble, you're gonna make mistakes, but try one thing, don't try to grab on, don't try to pick this business, write this book, um, join this organization, that's overwhelming. Pick one thing in each one of those areas and walk it out and watch God work.
1: Mm, So true. And we're all grateful that God has never asked us like Abraham to take our little babies (laughs) sacrifice them (laughs) on an altar you
3: know (laughs) right I don't think I I mean Abraham is brave he has some radical faith so I don't know if I'm willing to test it that far because I'm like God are you are you talking to me really can we come up with another another solution so yeah we're very much grateful that God has not challenged us
1: like that even on the days when you're willing to slow them into slavery, you're just like, no, 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 no.
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they do something cute and then it's all good again, right? <laughs> oh,
3: my Lord, listen, Uh I'm enjoying as they get older. I don't know about you, but I'm not even looking forward to grandkids just yet. And we're in that age where now my daughter is thinking about getting married. And I'm like, slow down, little girl, slow down. <laughs>
1: Oh, I can tell you from experience, grandkids are the best. Really? Everything. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. My uh, my granddaughter says to her mother, maybe you've met Amber, says to her mother, Mom, I love you even though you're old.
3: <laughs> what? So, so kids really do say the darnest
1: thing. Oh, they really do. It's hilarious. It's just the greatest. Um, yeah, she awesome. keeps me entertained she's god's gift to me that's what i always say
3: (laughs) well from what i hear is that you can do for them what you didn't do for your kids like overspoil them and then send them back
1: so is that true it is you know (laughs) you don't get to actually as much as you'd like to um unless they live next door i suppose i've never experienced that one but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, absolutely so what is the thing especially when we're talking about fitness What is that thing that gets in the way of letting go of that weight? You
3: know, one of the ones for me, I had issues with rejection. And that became one of the things that stood in the way of me losing weight. So every time I felt rejected or I experienced it, my go-to was going to the refrigerator because it became my comfort food to eat. And it wasn't until I dealt with that, dealt with rejection, dealt with the hurt, dealt with the pain, because you got to heal first, or you're just going to fall back. You'll release five or 10 pounds, and then you're right back where you started the minute that trigger hits. And like I said, for me, that trigger was rejection. You need to discover what your triggers are that put you in a position that's blocking you from releasing the weight that you need to, to release, even if that means getting a therapist. I think sometimes we get too, we get in our way of thinking we don't need help because women, we're strong. We always want to serve. We always want to be there for others, but we don't take the time to serve ourselves. So when you make the decision, I had to make that decision. I need help. I can't do this by myself. And when I got that help and dealt with the source, then losing weight became easy. It became fun. It, did, it wasn't no longer a struggle. It was no longer tedious. Oh my God, I got to get up. I got to work today. It wasn't about that anymore. It was about I'm doing this for me. This is good. I'm excited. So you'll find your joy and your peace if when you get help and you figure out what your triggers
1: are. Mm, that's so good. So true. So there are just a ton in both fitness, faith, and purpose, ton of suggestions you give people in this book. Um, totally unfair question. Pick your favorite and give us a little tip that the reader could, the listener could do right now. Um, right at the end of this podcast. Oh, Steve, that is so
3: not fair. Oh, I I have so many favorites, so many favorites. Um, you know, I talk about the four C's of success and this is something you can do if you didn't even read the book and you just listen. I want you to read the book, but if you just take these tips, I think you will be on your way. And one of the C's I talk about is clarity. That's where your faith come into play. You got to gain clarity of who you are, whose you are, and what your purpose is and what you need to do. And that doesn't come overnight. You need to take time sit still and get quiet and figure out what that looks like and gain clarity around that. Number two is to be committed. Once you figure that out, you need to stay committed, even in the good times through the bad times, because the process is never easy, but you have to be committed to it. And then the other C is consistency. You, You can't slack off. You can't get up in the morning and say, well, I'm not working out today. I don't feel like it. Um, I'm just not going to do it. You have to figure out that even if I don't feel like doing it, I'm going to get up and do it anyway. And you will find the energy once you get moving. Even with purpose, even when you hit that stumbling block, if you keep going and stay consistent, you will find your second win along the way. And then the final C is count the cost. Everything you do is going to come with a cost whether it's a financial cost, a cost of your ability, your time, whatever that cost is, count it now. So it won't come as a shock later. You may not get them all, but start counting the cost now. And that, that's what I would say. You can take those four things. It, that'll get you started.
1: And, of course, a person can get the book from Amazon, Living a Fit, Faith, and Purposeful Life for Women Over 40, written by Dee Banks. Um, Dee, do you have a website or social media place that people that want to connect with you can go to? Absolutely. You can
3: go to DeirdreBanks.com. You can also follow me on social media at Deirdre Banks. On Facebook, it's Coach Deirdre Banks. And yeah, that's where you can follow me at. And if you're looking for clothes that help you release weight, you can go to WRWFitnessApparel.com.
1: Perfect. Well, I hope everybody will run over to Amazon, Get Living a Fit, Faith, and Purposeful Life for Women Over Florida by D-Banks. D. Banks. Dee, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today.
3: Thank you, Steve. You have been such a blessing in my life,
1: so thank you. Are you ready to live fit faithfully and in the flow for the purpose of your life to do the things that only you can do I really hope you do I know that maybe some of you like me have found yourself struggling with your weight and I want you to know that it doesn't matter how many times you've gone up and down and whatever and some of you have seen enough pictures of me to know that it's gone all over the place but it's okay Today is the day that you've got to make good choices, you know, in your fitness, in your faith journey, in allowing yourself to really be in the flow. I really do hope that today you will choose that more than anything else. You will choose to live as a thriving entrepreneur.
2: book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to us here today on Thriving Entrepreneur. I hope that in the first segment, you Really got some great information about how to flow. You know, to go with the flow, yes, but more importantly, to find that really purposeful flow in your life and really ride it. Uh, kind of like if you've ever seen a surfer when they really catch the wave and they just ride it and they can just go and go and they may go up a crest and back down and stuff like that. And it's so elegant, so awesome to, to watch. And I'd really love to see you be in that place, to feel in that place, not in the place where, you know, and if you've seen any surfers, you've seen ones that both have done this as well as they kind of surf this way, where, you know, they're just waiting for that impending crash. Oh, no, not at all. I want you to be in that place where you feel like you're riding the wave and you've got it you've caught it perfectly and you're gonna catch this wave every once in a while it happens very very rarely but every once in a while you'll see a guy that has really caught the wave and they will you know just continue riding it and they'll ride it all the way until they you know basically step off the board and they're there on the beach and that's what I really want to see for you is to really ride that flow and be so purposeful in your life that the things that you're meant to do, you can really take off with it. I've got another great international best-selling author here to bring to you. This is such a great message and it's really going to help you identify some of the things that... Maybe you've been a little bit too hard on yourself. And today you can really jump into them more purposefully than perhaps you ever have before. I love this book so much. I don't know about any of the rest of you, but have you ever heard your children say, take a chill pill? Um, Now that may be dating some of us as to how old we are, but it still is one of those kind of things as parents that sometimes if your kids aren't saying it to you, maybe you're saying it yourself in the mirror um, to help us with that today we have international best-selling author lynn lisa with her new book become a chill pill mom parenting with the flow hi lynn how are you doing today
4: hello steve hi everyone i am doing great today thank you thanks for having me
1: yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit about um, you and and uh, your experience as a mommy
4: i'm happy to do that you know I thought when I was studying in college child development and getting my teaching certificate and reading all the pedagogy and all the parenting books, I thought I was going to knock parenting out of the park. I was going to be the perfect mom. And then I had a baby who had not studied child development and did not read all the pedagogy and parenting books. And she um, didn't care what I thought it was going to be like. And she had her own agenda. And her agenda was never sleep. Cry, 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 cry. You know, Steve, it's funny because I, um, I learned really fast that I had to turn down the volume on what I was listening to in terms of other people and turn up the volume on just listening to my own child And figure out what she needed because she knew but i thought i knew and i didn't know so that was my first um my first foray into reality check and chilling out was just surrender to what this baby wants you to do she knows
1: oh it's so true and then and then the second one comes along and pees on the manual or whatever (laughs) right oh. and it's totally a whole brand new ball game all over again
4: <laughs> that's 100% true i th- so yeah i thought okay now i've really mastered it i know what this child needs i can be a great parent to this child and then the second child came along perfectly beautiful lovely child completely different 100% different needs 100% different temperament And, you know, I was just trying to catch up. And that's really, I think, the secret to parenting right there is that they are always growing, changing, and we just have to always be catching up. And that's what I figured out. If they do not care what I think they're supposed to be doing, you know, I showed them the manuals. I showed them, hey, you're not supposed to sit up yet. You're too young. They didn't care.
1: We used to joke with Amber that she didn't learn how to walk until she was five because she ran everywhere from the moment she stood on her feet. (laughs)
4: Right. Exactly. And if you weren't expecting that, I bet it was really surprising.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was just so, so different. You know, and then her little sister, you know, her younger sister is so much totally different than her that, um, you know, you just, you never know.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's interesting too because you know my natural instinct was not great. I my natural instinct was like to try to stop that or change that, right? Like oh you're not supposed to be running. Something bad can happen. You could get hurt. You could fall on your head or fall out of a tree or whatever. But it turns out that really I just had to let that go. I just had to really trust that they were going to be okay. Did did you find that with Amber that were you trying to stop her or did you just let her be
1: oh yeah you know I mean uh, you know I got married at 19 and the lady I married had a three-year-old so um, you know I thought I was just so ready to be a parent you know and, yeah. uh, now you have to go back on Facebook live when you're talking about things and say hey kids I'm sorry <laughs> I blew it I was judgy I didn't mean to be I just was passing on all this brilliance that I had at 19
4: <laughs> you know Steve that that is such a beautiful beautiful sentiment that you just said you know to be able to accept the, that we made mistakes even though we made them with the best of intentions and then to own it and and then apologize for it is so huge and I think kids at any age really really take that in and appreciate it They don't really want perfect parents. I know my kids are so lovely now. They're in their 20s and they're so supportive and lovely to me. And I tell them all the time, oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. I made so many mistakes with you, but they don't remember all the mistakes. They just remember that I was there and I was, you know, I was willing to say, oh no, I messed up. I'm sorry.
1: I did what I thought was best, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember having a conversation not that long ago um, with Jessica, Amber's next youngest, the next in line of my six. So, like I said, I parented a couple of kids. Um, not necessarily well, but I have. <laughs> um, I remember having the conversation with Jessica and she was like, you know, and this was this and, you know, her recollections. Love the sound of that truck. Um <laughs> And uh, I was like, wow, you know, the things that she thought I was really great at while I was going through all the, you know, stuff that adults go through when their kids are just like, oh yeah, dad's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was cool Mm -hmm. to learn. So your book, Let's Talk About Chill Pill Mom. So um, when did you discover When did you find a chill pill, take it, and uh, begin to create this (laughs) curriculum for us?
4: (laughs) Well, I guess it was probably, gosh, maybe a decade ago, actually, when parents started coming to me with a lot of anxiety. And at that time, the world wasn't in quite an uncertain shape as it is now, but still, families had a lot of uncertainty, and they would come to me, and they would ask for help with various things, you know, oh, my son isn't doing his schoolwork and we're fighting all the time. Or, oh, you know, my my daughter's in this relationship that I don't approve of, what should I do? And I would coach them to find ways to really connect with what was most important in their family, spend more time together and not focus only on the problems, but focus on the fun, and focus on the connection. And they found that the problem sort of went away. And they would say to me, you're like taking a chill pill. I love talking to you because you're like taking a chill pill. So I guess the seed of the book started way back then, but the timing never seemed right to me until really recently. I started writing this book probably a couple of years ago. And then, you know, last fall, I really picked it up again, but it didn't feel right to launch until during COVID when all of a sudden, we all, all of our homes became completely changed. And everybody's family life was topsy-turvy, people coming home from school, people coming home to work at home, you know, offices shutting down, income being questionable. And it just seemed like the perfect time for people to really prioritize what matters to them, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, for one, I'm a big shoe fan. I have a beautiful collection of lovely high-heeled shoes, and they're in my closet. And Steve, right now, I am wearing no shoes, because shoes are not important in my house anymore. Our priorities shifted, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So that's where I, why I got the idea for the book. I thought people really needed right now an opportunity and some techniques and strategies for refocusing on connecting as a family, especially now that we're all quarantined together in, in our spaces. You know, my three adult sons now moved back in my house. So it's just like when they were growing up, except now we're all adults with our, a ton of stuff. We've had to really readjust. And I think there are a lot of families who would like to know some tips and strategies for, um, having more fun in the home and more peace and harmony in their space and their family. And that's why I wrote the book.
1: Mm, so good. I have to ask you this cartwheel that you're doing on the cover of the book. How long ago was that? Picture? I
4: think it was December. I'm a big cartwheeler. My daughter actually took that photo on our last um, all girls family trip that I took with my mother who's wonderful, my sister and my daughter. We had an all girls trip to Hawaii and that was a little, you know, cartwheel on the beach in the morning, right after coffee. If we were on video, I would do one for you right now, Steve.
1: I love it. It's a great cartwheel too, a wonderful picture. I'm so glad that um, this is the one you chose for the cover because it really just, it really is just mom taking a chill pill.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, it's so funny that That was the one we ended up choosing because when I I mean, I talk to people about this all the time. One of the techniques is to look at things from a different point of view, like upside down, right? So, in yoga, for instance, they'll do inversions. People will lie on their back with their legs up the wall just to get a little bit of a different perspective on things. It really changes the way you see things if you are looking at them upside down. So, I find doing cartwheels is particularly um, mind-settling. Because I see things upside down, even if it's only for one second.
1: Perfect. Absolutely. So um, prepare for it. Here comes the unfair question of the interview. Um, Mm -hmm. Of all of the cool things in your book, what today, at least, is your
4: favorite? Mm. That's such a brilliant way to ask it. What today is your favorite? (laughs) Today, I'm focused a lot on the um, what to do when things get hard piece because I know yesterday here in Los Angeles, where I live, the, the uh, school districts announced that schools will not be open in person for the fall. And I know a lot of parents are now really uncertain about what to do and anxious and worried about their children's well-being and their children's social and emotional wellness and and just how they're going to manage it. And I feel like this part of my book, The What to Do When Things Get Hard, strategies are so vital because, you know, we can't control what happens in the world. We can only control how we react to it. By reacting with compassion and love and a sense of, you know, maybe silliness or not so seriousness, we can all get to a place where it's going to be okay.
1: I think that's the perfect concept to talk about for a minute too, because, and I know you know exactly what this is like, you know, you keep them alive through that extremely vulnerable baby stage and you somehow survive toddlerhood, (laughs) you know what I mean? And eventually they get to school where they're at school regularly and you almost feel like just in a little way, you got a little bit of your own life back. Um, And now here's these moms that um, that's being taken away from them again. How do they adjust? What is the, share with us a secret to try to be able to even wrap our head around that.
4: Well, you know, there is a sense of of loss of freedom in that 100%. And I totally, I'm so empathetic for parents who are going through that because it is totally unfair. But there are ways, you know, we have to really take good care of ourselves and there are certain ways to build some freedom into our day to day, especially after the children aren't toddlers and you don't have to worry about them, you know, eating thumbtacks if you're not looking at them or something. (laughs) If they're old enough to be safe outside of your line of sight for any amount of time, you know, it's okay to read a book. It's okay to, you know, take an hour to do a workout or yoga or journal or or whatever meditative, mindful, happy, healthy things you do. It's really important to do those things. And, you know, I'm sure now children are, you know, pretty independent with their iPads and their whole thing anyway. I'm sure there's time for parents to carve out somewhere to just get, get themselves in a place where they can really nurture their, their mental and emotional health. Even if it's just, even if it's just five minutes, you know, take a five minute breathing break. Super powerful.
1: Mm, absolutely. I think that's secret to loving yourself first. Is really hard for moms. Um, it's like they don't know how to put themselves even last, let alone first.
4: It uh, is so true. It's so hard. And I, I get that. I mean, I was not, it took me a lot of years to figure out the self-loving piece, and it's really a process, to be honest. I have not mastered it, but it is it is something to really think about because when children look at their parents, they look at them with really loving, unconditionally loving eyes. And they don't understand when we criticize ourselves. They don't see us that way. They're not, they don't really think about things like, oh, are the socks unmatched? Or, you know, was dinner cold? They don't remember that stuff. They remember how safe and loved and secure they feel. And I think that, you know, moms, we really need to give ourselves a break as if we were somebody else. It's almost a good idea to think of ourselves as a, as like a kind stranger. You know, how would you treat a kind stranger? Would you look at that person and think critically, oh, that person made a mistake three weeks ago? Or would you be happy to see them and say, hey, you know, they're doing a great job. I think, uh, you know, being kind to ourselves as if we were a little detached and not so self-critical is, is really powerful. I'm still learning it. It's still a process, but you know, we get there.
1: Most definitely. It would be nice if little babies, you know, way before they develop thought, if, well, or words at least if the thoughts they were having, we could somehow record those and play those back for moms of you know what that baby is thinking and feeling about mommy when you know words they don't even know what words are yet.
4: Mm, that's so true. You know it, it's funny because we're I think we're trained to think that at, we as parents are here to teach our children everything, but in fact, they are really here to teach us because they are examples of unconditional love, like you're saying. They're unconditionally loving and they're very forgiving of mistakes. They don't know mistakes. They don't know anything except what we're, you know, what they come with inherently and what they experience with us. And so as long as we're loving to them and we're trying our best and, you know, showing up, showing up, being there, being present, they're really loving to us. We are the ones who are so hard on ourselves. We put all these weird societal expectations on ourselves and on our children. Like there's some kind of race we have to win or something. And we don't, we're not competing. Our kids aren't competing with anybody.
1: So good. I know there are some people that are listening that they need to go deeper with you whether that be uh, learning to forgive themselves or fun ways to interact with your kids now that they don't have organized school, Um, whatever that might be, how can a person, uh, you know, go deeper with you? How can they contact you?
4: I would love to invite anybody listening to join my Facebook group at facebook at chill pill moms we have a very vibrant community and i'm in there all the time and i am very very willing and happy to coach and answer questions to anybody my website is lynn lynn l-y-n-n-e lisa.com and i my schedule fills up pretty quickly but i do have time available to talk to anybody who has questions about homeschooling or or managing the work at home, school at home piece, or just, you know, getting rid of the overwhelm and becoming just whelmed, you know, (laughs) so please contact me there or on Facebook. I am available and really happy to, um, guide you through this crazy time. We'll all get there together.
1: I really do encourage everybody to go to Amazon, get the book, Become a Chill Pill Mom, Parenting with the Flow. I mean, maybe if your kids are already grown, maybe you need to go back through the book and learn how to forgive and love yourself Mm -hmm. for all the things that you're judging yourself over. Become a Chill Pill Mom by Lynn Lisa, that's L-Y-N-N-E, L-I-S-A. And you really do want to run over to Amazon today and get it. Lynn, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today.
4: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody who took the time.
1: I hope that whether a parent or not, whether your kids are little or grown, that you really will take a chill pill, go with the flow, and be able to live deeply in the purpose that you're meant to serve on this planet. I really, really want to see you live in that place. And then you too can know that you're living as a thriving entrepreneur.
2: If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Say yes to your destiny.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. I always feel kind of like the end of the original Mickey Mouse Club episodes. Uh, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember it. Of course, I was watching it in replays when I was watching it as a kid. I'm, of course, talking about the original one, you know, with the Netflix cello and uh, the others. I can't even think of any of the rest of their names. Uh, you, know, My dad would tell me about what it was like when he was a kid watching that one, too. But I remember, you know, they came to the end of it. It was like, now it's time to say goodbye. And I always kind of feel that way. It's like, oh, man, now it's time to say goodbye to you already. The hour goes by so quickly, whether I'm doing the whole thing live or um, I'm doing just a little drop-in segments like I'm doing this time. Either way, it, it goes too quick. It just does. And I really love the opportunity to be able to bring to you some powerful people that not only have they shared their message with the world, made incredible differences with what they've learned, but they also, uh, you know, they helped us see a vision for what could be for us. There is so much that the world has for you and so much that the world needs from you. Uh, Sometimes I think we get a little bit too caught up in the things that the world requires of us Um, and I wanted to be careful not to say there's so much the world requires of you because I don't want to put that kind of pressure on you. It's more along along the lines of the world really, really needing you. That's right. Desperately wanting, needing who you are. Because when each of us lives just as the best us we can be, nothing more, nothing less, you don't need to be your best impression of whomever. You just need to be who you are, the best version of you today. If you up-level a little bit today, then you're going to be an even better version of you tomorrow. But you don't even need to worry about that. You don't even have to worry about, hey, maybe yesterday, maybe five minutes ago. Maybe you blew it. All right, we all do. We're human beings. We make mistakes. The question isn't whether or not we made a mistake, because all of us have. The question is, can we get up, brush ourselves off, smile, smile? and be what we're meant to be in the world, to live in our purpose and to flow with it because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world does need you. And if you will just simply maximize while it's called today, not tomorrow, not while it's called next week, Don't let tomorrow be the thing that keeps you from maximizing today. Just simply be the best version of yourself and share you and, yes, your message with the world. If there's anything I can do to help you with that, feel free to reach out to me. I would love, love, love to be able to talk to you about that. But more importantly, I want to see you living every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, I hope you have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.